0: This is very cool. Good for Jonathan Taylor, one of the best football players in the NFL and the most dynamic player on the Indianapolis Colts, especially on the offensive side. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, a little bit the day before. Let's talk about it again on Inside Indiana Sports now with Kent Sterling for two twenty two twenty two. No, two two twenty two. Rain so far outside. That is a good thing. It's gonna get icy, then it's gonna get snowy. We're gonna get more than seven inches of snow. This is fantastic. We love getting snow once a year because it makes everything beautiful and we can deal with the consequences and the inconveniences of the weather. We're brought to you by the great people at today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. Call him, make him your dentist. You can do it today, 317 849 2933. Hit the subscribe button wherever the hell it is. Punch like. Ring the bell, let's go, let's talk about sports. Jonathan Taylor won the Burt Bell Award. This is very, very cool. The Maxwell Football Club awards the uh, Burt Bell Award every single year to who they feel and their voters feel is the best football player in the National Football League. That this year, in their eyes, Jonathan Taylor. Here's a, a little sampling of what Jonathan Taylor did. In the 2021 season, he ran for 1,811 yards. That led the league. He had 18 rushing touchdowns. That led the NFL. He had 2,171 total yards. That's 30th all time. 30th best season from a total yards perspective in the history of the game. That led the league, obviously. 20 total TDs. 106.5 yards per game. That led the league. And he had 332 rushing attempts. That led the league. Great year for Jonathan Taylor, one of the really, really good dudes on this team. And you know what? We talk about the Colts in a lot of terms, right? We talk about how they were 9-8 and, and how we're very disappointed they didn't make the playoffs and all of that stuff. But these are really, really good guys. By and large, Chris Ballard, what he's done is filled that locker room with really good Diligent dudes, Jonathan Taylor, absolutely one of those guys. Uh, other Colts news: They lost Alan Williams today. Alan Williams, a safety coach, who was a, uh, a finalist for the defensive coordinator position with the Colts, he has left to join Matt Eberflus in Chicago as the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. De Borgonzi. He's also gone. He will become the linebacker's coach for the Bears. That's the position he held here. Uh, James Rowe, the quarterback's coach, also has gone to Chicago to join Matt Eberflus. I don't really know what the delay is with the Colts. Maybe they're just being Rooney Rule careful, which is a really good idea today, in trying to figure out who the defensive coordinator should be for this team. They had to know. Last year, they probably went through this. As Matt Eberflus was interviewed for a head coaching position or two, they had to think, okay, who's going to be our guy? If we lose Eberflus, I got my list. Who are these guys? Right this year, they knew he was a finalist with the Jaguars and with the Bears. What are they going to do if Colt still putting together the staff? And as a result, they're losing guys, which is not that big a deal. It happens all the time. Not a big deal. The coordinator and and Frank Reich, they're going to put together their staff, Ballard, Reich, trying to settle on a defensive coordinator. It'll be interesting to see who really is making this decision. We knew who made the decision last time this job was open, right? It was Ballard because Reich wasn't here yet. Josh McDaniel was going to be the head coach. Ballard and McDaniel agreed upon Eberflus. McDaniel bailed. Still, Ballard hired uh, Eberflus and held to his commitment to Matt Eberflus. So we'll see what happens this time. We'll see who the guy is who decides who the defensive coordinator is going to be. I hope, frankly, I hope it's Ballard. Because I think, and I hope I'm wrong, I think Reich kind of gets twisted up in in sort of what does this guy believe? You know what I mean? And and it wants to be around like-minded people, from a, uh, a religious perspective, which I do not like. That, that's my take. That's my assumption. It could be spurious. And if it is, you know what? Okay, prove me wrong. All right. Uh, at any rate, we'll see who the defensive coordinator becomes. And one more time, I want to explain this about Quentin Nelson. I like Quentin Nelson. He is a terrific left guard. At $6 million a year, Man, do you love having Quentin Nelson on that offensive line. At $20 million a year because of the hard cap, right? Hard cap, not like the NBA, not like Major League Baseball. In the NFL, you've got X number of dollars to spend on your roster, and that is it. You cannot go above it. There are ways you can kind of circumvent things and prorate income toward other years so you remain cap-compliant. But there's no hiding it forever, the money. And if you pay a left guard $20 million a year, you are penalizing yourself at least one substantial weapon for that offense or defense, a well-paid weapon for that offense or defense. You cannot pay a left guard $18 to $20 million. You just can't. It doesn't make sense. Did we learn nothing from Bill Polian as an executive? Nobody nobody ever has put together better rosters for the regular season and regular season success consistent success than Bill Poley and the Colts from 2002 to 2010 were monsters in the regular season and from 1998 to 2010 the Colts had 12 different starting guards 13 seasons 12. Different starting guards. That tells you something. With Tarek Glenn and Ryan Dean, right? Not for the whole time during that entire 13-year swath. Jeff Saturday at center. And then plug-and-play guards. Dylan Gandy, Jake Scott. You know, there are a lot of guys o- over that period of time who played guard. Uh, who's the guy they, they, uh, they drafted? Mike Pollock. There's one. But there are a bunch of guys, 12 of them. See how many you can name. Interesting. Anyway, you can plug and play guards as long as you've got two really good tackles and a center. You've got Ryan Kelly. You've got Braden Smith. If you can sign Eric Fisher, and he's better next year than he was this year because he's not concentrating his attention on rehabbing from that torn Achilles surgery, maybe you got something, you know? and you can plug and play the guards, you can move Nelson, and here's why moving Nelson makes sense. If you can get the 11th overall pick from the Washington Crew Commanders, I was going to say Crusaders, they're they're the Commanders. What a dopey name. What are these guys, idiots? This is why we always talk about deals with Washington, because they're run by morons right? And maybe, maybe they bite on a, you know, left guard for the 11th overall pick type deal because they're they're kookaloos. Anyway, if you can get that done, you get the 11th overall pick, which is going to give you a very affordable dynamic player potentially, if you make the right pick. And you're going to save a lot of money against the cap, 13, almost 14 million this coming year. And then, Whatever Quentin Nelson is able to negotiate in an extension, which here it looks like 18 to 20 million. That's a lot of stuff. That's an 11th overall pick. That is at least one dynamic offensive weapon. As you try to retool this offense to be more, gonna say the word again, dynamic, attacking in the way it operates, you need resources. And Quentin Nelson is not going to score you touchdowns. That's just the way it is. And you cannot win in the NFL. You cannot win a Super Bowl with a guy running for 1,811 yards because the Colts don't want Jonathan Taylor running for 1,811 yards. They want him at about 1,200 yards running the football instead of how much did he run at 332 times They want him running about 100 times less than that, which means throwing the ball about 100 times more. That's what they want. You need people to throw the ball to. And Michael Pittman Jr., Dez Patman, Ashton Doolin, and Michael Strawn right now are your wide receivers. And keep me up at night if I was Frank Reich and Marcus Brady, for God's sake. All right, let's talk about Brian Flores. Brian Flores, we got to watch him this morning on Get Up, uh, ESPN show from 8 to 10, hosted by Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg does a really, really good job on these interviews. Journalistically, Mike Greenberg is terrific. And he did a really good job this morning talking to Brian Flores and his two attorneys on set. Didn't really extract anything uh, memorable other than, having Brian Flores say in his own words exactly what happened and how it worked, Stephen Ross, the takeaway is this. If Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in 2019 so that the Dolphins' draft position would be enhanced, Stephen Ross must be voted out by the ownership of the NFL as, as soon as possible. You have to get rid of this guy. There has got to be integrity in the game of football, or all is lost for the NFL. If we can't watch and believe that it's on the up and up, what do you have? How about Hugh Jackson today coming out and saying that Jimmy Haslam with the Browns kind of tried to pull the same thing with him? You cannot have that. That is Arnold Rothstein. I said it this morning. It's Arnold Rothstein, what he did with the 1919 Black Sox. Same thing. You're throwing around money to people to affect the outcome of the game, to throw the game, right? You can't have that. Without the integrity of the game, you have nothing. There will be no gambling on football without integrity in the game. Is there, do you have lines on wrestling matches? No, you don't. You know why? Because it's entertainment. It's theater. That's why. Owners who would profit from that kind of behavior or engage in that kind of behavior. They have got to go. They have got to be treated as pariahs. And for God's sake, NFL owners have got to take the Rooney Rule a little bit seriously and understand that it's in their best interest to to talk to black coaching candidates, help them become better candidates, and become better coaches. It's just good for everybody. Racism is so dumb, it's so stupid, and it's so insidious that we don't even realize when it happens. Spend some time, talk to a black friend, and understand what racism means to the victims of racism instead of saying, you know what, I I don't look at the color of a man's skin. Instead of saying that, talk to somebody else and try to empathize with what they're going through you get a different answer. You talk to white people and ask them about racism, you get a different answer than when you talk to a black guy or or a black woman, of course. So do that. Listen a little bit. Instead of talking about it, if you're a white guy or a white woman, instead of talking about it, how about listening to somebody who's been a victim of it? It's going to help. All right? Hopefully, this thing causes kind of a tectonic shift in the way the NFL does business. Although with billionaires, you rarely kind of, you know, stay on top of your skis correctly, right? Billionaires are, are pretty insistent upon doing things in their own way. That's why they became billionaires, so that rules didn't apply to them. This is the way they live their lives. This is the way they enjoy living their lives. That is why they sacrificed everything else, to make billions of dollars. Drives me nuts. Did Bill Belichick send the tweet on purpose to Brian Flores instead of Brian Daybol? That's a good question. Brian Daybol becomes the head coach of the Giants. Bill Belichick knew in advance it was going to happen. Sent a text congratulating Brian Daybol. But misdirected it to Brian Flores. Both the same first name. So you wonder if it was on purpose or if it was a careless error. My money is on him doing it on purpose because when is Bill Belichick ever careless, ever? In the history of Bill Belichick, has Bill Belichick ever been careless that you know of? No. Pacers, Magic, Tonight, Cambridge House, 7 o'clock on the Bally Network. Uh, Chris Duarte is invited to the Rising Stars Challenge. I hope he turns down the invitation because I think these things are, are bad news. All of a sudden, these guys become friends at the All-Star game. And I don't want Chris Duarte having any friends in the NFL. I don't need another pacer like dapping guys uh, after games like Paul George trying to make, you know, I, I made another friend tonight, honey. We, we don't need Chris Duarte to get into that business. Uh, Butler, at Xavier tonight, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network going for their third straight win. Purdue at Minnesota tonight, seven o'clock on the Big Ten Network. They're going after their fourth straight win at the Barn. Can't wait to talk about all that and more today. Going to be fantastic. And again, people, here's what I'm saying about Quentin Nelson. Wonderful to have him, but you cannot overspend for him. It's about money against the salary cap. It's not about the guy And it's not about his level of work. You cannot be good enough. If he was a Robotron at left guard and never missed a block and never allowed a sack, he's not worth $18 million against a $200 million hard salary cap. He's just not.
1: Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.